Well, hello, and welcome to another in the Predictable Success series of audio podcasts in which we're speaking with outstanding leaders who have personally attained predictable success in their chosen field. I'm Les McEwen, President and CEO of Predictable Success, and today I'm delighted to be talking with Dave Brandon, currently Chairman and CEO of Domino's Pizza. Dave recently announced that he'll soon be moving to the position of non-executive chairman with Domino's and will become Director of Athletics at the University of Michigan. And Dave has been a great supporter of Predictable Success, and I'm particularly pleased to have him join us today. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Les. It's great to be with you. Dave, I know you first joined Domino's over a decade ago now, and I want to focus mostly on your time there. But first, um, would you tell us a little bit about your background, just how you got to Domino's, and what, what had you learned about leadership and success by the time you got there? Well, I'm a bit of an unconventional CEO candidate. I've actually been the CEO of two terrific Michigan-based companies for the last 22 consecutive years of my life. But I went to school to study study to be a teacher and a coach. I wanted to go in the field of education. I love teaching, and I wanted to coach uh, because many of my role models growing up were coaches, and athletics were real important to me. And so I was graduating with my degree in education, and I was contacted by a recruiter from Procter & Gamble who had been on campus at the University of Michigan uh, interviewing, among others, my coach, and gave him a series of qualities that they look for for people to go into their sales and sales management training program, and my coach gave him my name. So I was in the middle of doing my student teaching and got a call from this recruiter at a great company like P&G and asked me if I'd sit down and talk to him and the next thing you know, I, I walked away from my teaching opportunity and decided to give this business thing a try. And that was 35 years ago. And since then, I've I've had a wonderful career in business. I was with five years. I was with Procter & Gamble, and then I, I went to a relatively small family kind of entrepreneurial business where I ended up being there for 20 years. And by the time I left and I'd been the CEO for the last 11 years that I was there, we were a New York Stock Exchange listed company with a market cap of about two and a half billion dollars and and it was a really exciting opportunity to take a company public and, and do a secondary offering and, and really build a, a large company. And then I was recruited to become the CEO of Domino's Pizza from that job and I've been in this job for eleven years now and and uh, all the leadership lessons and all of the training and preparation that I got for the world of business was pretty much through athletics, uh, observing coaches in terms of the kinds of approaches they took to recruiting talent, the way they prepared for games, the goal setting, the play calling and the strategy, the intensity of the competition. I took all those lessons from the athletic fields and and put them to use in business, and at least for me, it's worked pretty well. And is that uh, history of yours impacted what you look for in in a hire, Dave? Well, we're all a product of our own environment, and I can tell you that I'm less hung up on what somebody majored in or what school they attended because personally I don't feel that because I happened to study to be a good teacher and a coach that it prevented me from being successful at learning what I needed to learn to be successful in the world of business. And so I tend to be uh, – I look more for character qualities and 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 aggressiveness and the, the cultural fit between an individual and, and my team. And I don't care where you come from. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you went to school or what your major was. If you can add value to my team and contribute in a way that's meaningful, then to me that's what's most important. So you, you arrive at, uh, at Domino's, and it's part of that change in ownership. You've got 
the great challenge of coming into, you know, big shoes from, uh, from the past. And we accelerate now 10, 11 years further forward. You're, you're a mega brand as defined by advertising age. You're, you're in over 60 co- countries. And yet you consistently deliver a higher return on assets than most of your peers in the quick serve business. Now is a good time, I guess, for you to start reflecting a little bit. What do you think were the key success factors that have enabled you to, to drive what was already a good business into a great one? Well, the thing that was the absolute most important thing for me to do when I came in here was to get the team right. Uh, I, I inherited a culture that was very different than the kind of culture that I could be successful leading in. Uh, I inherited a private company that had become far more inward in the way that it measured success. And I knew coming into this job that this was a company that was destined to become public at some point during my tenure. And so I needed to instill the Wall Street perspective, the Wall Street energy, and create a growth story that would really become a a value creator for our shareholders. And that was difficult because I inherited a culture that was very different. So first and foremost, I had to find out who was on the team that could embrace a very different approach and a very different culture and a very different expectation and make sure that I identified those folks and got them in the right spots. And equally as important, I had to identify those people that did not embrace that change or could not get comfortable with shifting gears and moving into that mode. And in those cases, they had to leave. And I had to go out and find the people I needed to put the team together that I knew I could be successful with. And that's the most important thing that any leader has to do. Surround yourself with terrific people who not only you can trust, but as importantly, they embrace your vision for what can be. Uh, and, and thankfully, I was successful at doing that here at Domino's, and, and I'm very proud of the things that we've accomplished. Uh, you know, you make a great point uh, there, Dave, on the way through about how often as leaders um, we're faced with a situation where there's a big dog in the organization who's maybe really done a fantastic job up to this point and may even have built a lot of sweat equity and a lot of loyalty, but it becomes unfortunately obvious that the business can't move forward uh, uh, with them. It's going to have to move forward without them, and that's a tough thing for every leader. You, you were saying that you, you, you faced that when you moved in as one would into a new position. Would you talk a little bit about speed of, of making those changes? Did you wait around for a while and and get your feet and your bearings, or do you feel that uh, really a new leader should be uh, doing that sort of work very early on? I think it's early work, uh, but you have to be fair and reasonable. I, I always give people a chance. So I knew coming in here that I was going to be a very different leader with a very different style, and and I tried to balance my impatience for change with my patience for giving people uh, an opportunity to change with me. And so I, you know, I would say the first year I was learning the business, learning of the people, observing them in situations. I made a couple of key moves in the first six to nine months. And within the first year and a half, I had basically changed out two-thirds of the leadership team because it just became apparent to me that that, that team was too set in its ways and had other agendas in terms of what they wanted to accomplish and why they were here than what I was trying to accomplish. So one of the early things I did that was very smart is I went out and found a really terrific uh, EVP of HR who came in who uh, I, I absolutely believe that the HR function should report directly to the CEO 
and that if you're going to be close to anything as a CEO, you should be close to the talent management side. And and I brought uh, a woman in here who has just been a terrific partner over the last 11 years. And uh, we began together balancing both the, you know, if you will, the recruiting activities along with some of the, um, you know, managing out some of the people that really needed to move on. And and that's hard work and it's tough work, but it's necessary work. And, and happily, I had a partner that I could work with to help make it happen. Yeah, so many uh, CEOs, they uh, they tend to reach to the CFO uh, instinctively as the right-hand person, and I agree with you so much. Really, the HR role is so incredibly important that uh, it's a shame when it gets marginalized and becomes almost like a service function to the rest of the organization. You're absolutely right. It's really true you know, here at Domino's. You know, when, I, when I arrived less, the HR function, the leader of HR reported to the guy that was responsible for IT, who reported to the CFO, who reported to the CEO. And and that's why we were experiencing turnover at 158%, and that's why the culture wasn't really where I needed it to be because that whole HR function had become so, you know, it was almost handed off to whoever would take it as opposed to being a very important part of the strategic purpose of the company. And I'm guessing that would be uh, doubly, if not trebly, important in an industry such as yours, Dave, where historically there's been very high turnover. And I'm thinking here out at the operating level. Um, I know from my own experience in, in the quick serve restaurant business uh, that we had sometimes like 700% turnover at the boy level. Um, do you work with your franchisees and helping them with their HR and talent management issues? Well, you bet. It's one of our responsibilities. Uh, first and foremost, we're a large restaurant chain in and of ourselves. We own nearly 500 of our own Domino's Pizza stores across the country, and so we got to get this right for the sole purpose of our corporate operations. But one of the reasons we own all those pizza stores is to lead by example. We we test programs and protocols to strengthen relationships, improve training, improve obviously production and quality and retention. And we hone those tools, and then we take them to our franchisees, whether they be our incentive compensation programs, our training programs, all the things that we put in place to attack this turnover problem. As those tools proved themselves, we took them to our franchisees and gave them the ability to gain from them as much as we did. So in uh, predictable success, Dave, I, I talk, uh, just to extend that thought for a moment, I talk about businesses that hit I call treadmill. That's a stage in their development whenever uh, systems and processes have really taken over or begin to take over from sort of creativity and entrepreneurial spirit that drives early success. And if one's not careful, the business begins to get a little arthritic and bureaucratic. Uh, how do you watch for that in Domino's? How do you keep such a large organization creative and responsive? Well, I can tell you based on my experience that that treadmill um, phenomenon typically occurs when people get content and lazy, and that usually happens when things are going well. In my own personal view, when you look at some of the you know, nasty situations you've seen with huge corporations that used to be big and powerful and strong and now are going through the bankruptcy courts, and we're headquartered in southeastern Michigan and the auto companies, some of them are a perfect example of this. Uh, you know, when times were really, really good, they just kept giving away more and feeling like it was going to last forever and managed less uh, intensely. 
because they were making money and the shareholders were happy and, you know, why do we want to pick any fights with anyone? So we just cave in. Um, my attitude is the best time to apply a shock treatment to an organization is when things are going well. Uh, if you think about it, it's the least risky time. It's when you're going to have the most resources. And so uh, you would find some of the people who work for me will, will, will tell you that I'm the most cantankerous when things are going well because I'm constantly pushing and leveraging to say we can't rest on our laurels, we can't get content with where we are if we start to think that this is just going to automatically perpetuate itself. We know it won't. And so I turn up the heat. Uh, we've done most of our layoffs, our reductions in force, uh, some of the more um, you know direct and tough uh, activities that we've engaged in to downsize, delayer, and get the business trim and ready to fight. We've done far more of that during the difficult or during the, the good times, uh, and and consequently, when we've hit those difficult spots and we have as as anybody else does, uh, we're ready for them. And and the volatility isn't as great, and we don't have to take a an organization that's already traumatized by tough business conditions and further traumatized it by throwing a lot of change and a lot of tough activities at it. We've already done that work when, uh, when it was easier. You know, to get to, to, to get an organization to respond like that, Dave, uh, as you well know, one of the most important things is to try to keep senior managers focused not just vertically on running their own functions, but on the lateral relationship they have as peers and so that they can work as a team in making all of those hard decisions. But in a very large organization, it's, it's understandable um, for people to be- begin to think in silos and in their bunkers. Now, do, do you actively work with your senior team to get them to work as a team and not just to execute at a functional level? I disdain silos. I, I think they're the most detrimental thing that I can think of to success, and I work on a daily basis to make sure they don't exist. I, you know, we're a, we're a, we'll do about six billion dollars worth of global retail sales this year. We're in 65 countries. We will clip the ribbon on the opening of our 9,000 store this month uh, over in India, and. Uh, some, by some people's standards, this is a pretty large organization. At any given time across the system, we've probably got 175,000 people working in Domino's Pizza stores. Um, but I can tell you this, uh, as it relates to the way we run this business, we're all in the same huddle. Uh, all of my senior leaders are all on the same compensation plan. None of them have their own individual plans based on their own unit's performance. It's all the performance of the whole. We don't do a lot of this transfer cost nonsense where we fight, you know, we, where I break up fights as to who's paying for what internally and who's getting charged for what internally. Everybody is focused on one number, how we perform as a corporation. All of our incentive plans, all of our measurements are based on how we do as a whole. So I don't get into that world where I'm spending way too much time and my people are spending way too much time fighting amongst themselves as to who gets credit. Uh, we, we are all focused on the same thing in terms of what we want to try to accomplish. And I meet, we meet regularly. I just got out of a meeting, our biweekly meeting, where I put all of them in the same room for several hours, and we we spend time communicating and making sure everybody knows what everybody else is up to and what they have going for the next couple of weeks, so that we're communicating, we understand one another, we're sharing problems together, we laterally move talent. From, from organization to organization. We call them developmental moves. Many times it's not a promotion. 
it's a developmental move that broadens the horizons of the individuals, but it also breaks down the silo walls because the more you move people from place to place within the company, the more it comes together in terms of understanding and communication. So I'm really big on that. And that also helps uh, get folks out of uh, complacency if they're just in the same job and until they're you know eligible for promotion or they get tired or whatever. That's when people get complacent and you get that treadmill effect beginning to kick in. Um, let's just look outside uh, externally for a little bit, uh, Dave. Uh, I know Domino's has a real strong commitment to community and diversity, and you do too. You, you serve on a large number of civic and charitable boards. Um, could you talk a bit about uh, how important it is for a, a large business to be connected with a community it works in? I mean, is it is it just the right thing to do, or does that community connection have a, have a direct impact on your success? Oh, I think it's both. I encourage uh, I encourage the people who work for me here at Domino's to do exactly what I've done, and that is to be more than just a pizza business nerd. Uh, I, I want people working for me that can talk about things that are happening in the world, things that are happening in the community, other businesses and industries. I want them to be people who have a broad perspective and people who are interesting by virtue of the fact that they don't just get up every day and go to the same place and all they know is what they work on every day. The relationships that you build through those uh, outside activities are helpful and important. The things that you learn seeing how other organizations do what they do, whether they be not-for-profit or for-profit, I think is also very valuable, and it just broadens you as a human being to the point where you see a bigger perspective and then when you're in a meeting talking about marketing decisions or communicating with customers or leveraging technology, I think you bring a completely different perspective when you've been out there and seen how other organizations are doing what they do. So I'm I'm a big advocate. I know it's time intensive and there are a lot of companies that have a very different philosophy. They want you to be chained to your desk and only work on those things that are integral to their own benefit. But I have a very different view. And the the uh, community involvement that that you've uh, staked out as an organisation, you know, I, I know as a consumer, uh, you know, I live a long way away from Michigan, but I'm a big Domino's consumer, and one of the reasons is that we see you around, we see you involved as an organisation at every level, and that's bound to help uh, build consumer loyalty over time. You're, we're, you're moving. We're, to, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we're, you know, we're in a relationship business. There's only like 71,000 pizza shops in the U.S., and pizza is a very local category, and uh, people have a lot of choices. And if you don't build a relationship that's just above and beyond a commercial or a printed uh, advertisement, if you're not out there connecting with your customer at different levels than just the traditional media, you're not going to win. So we encourage it, and I think we do a pretty good job. Uh, particularly when the local pizza guy does literally live locally and he knows everybody. So you're battling that to start with. That's very That's right. insightful. So you're moving, Dave, towards a, a new phase in your life. Uh, um, you, you know, I want to talk in a little bit, uh, uh, just in closing, about uh, where, where you, what you're moving on to. But looking back at your time uh, that you've had with Domino's, I know it's a little early to do that, but uh, two things. Uh, one, is there anything you sort of wish, uh, you know what, I wish I had got achieved here was X, and secondly, and maybe the two are connected, what do you think in a couple of years from now will be seen as the uh, biggest legacy, to use that dreadful word, that, that you left behind in, in Domino's? Well, 
there's always a checklist of things you want to get done, but I can tell you after 11 years, I've had plenty of opportunities to instill my fingerprints on this business and accomplish a lot of things. We're in the process right now of completing a rollout that we've been working on for almost three years of, of a new recipe and a completely different and new positioning from a quality perspective of our core pizza product. And we've launched a lot of new product platforms. In fact, 80% of our menu right now is brand new versus where it was two and a half years ago. Um, so we've done a lot of work on our menu. We've built a lot of stores. We'll build almost th- we will build almost 3,000 stores since the day I walked into Domino's 11 years ago. Uh, so I'm very proud of what we've accomplished, and certainly there are all kinds of things I wish we'd gotten done better, and uh, that's that's just kind of what makes leaders leaders. I can always whine about the things that didn't happen as well or as big as I wanted them to, but as I leave here, I feel very, very comfortable with uh, what we've accomplished and the progress that we've made. I can tell you that the most important thing that I've done and the legacy that I've really left is in the area of succession planning. Uh, because what you really want to see happen is the baton gets passed at a senior leadership level, and instead of what I went through 11 years ago as an outsider who was parachuted in here and had to change out the team and change the culture and go through all of the, the risks and, and work associated with that, um, I had an individual that I identified literally the day I got in the door here that um, has been number one on the successor list for the last several years, is absolutely ready to move into the job, understand and has been a part of the culture. Um, and the day that we announced Patrick Doyle's uh, succession to uh, the CEO role, our stock went up eight cents. It was a non-event to the street because they knew him, they know how qualified he is. They know how strong the team is around him. They know that this is not going to be an interruption to the business. And to me, that's the most flattering thing of them all. Our business is performing right now as well as it ever has. Uh, and we've made this transition happen in a very seamless way. So we've got a great CEO coming in with a great team around him, and it doesn't get any better than that. You know, we were talking last week in, in the series with uh, Howard Bihar, the president of Starbucks, who took them through just a similarly exceptional growth period. And um, I asked him the same question. He said, you know what the main thing is as a leader is to know when it's time to go. Uh, does this feel like to you like it's the right time to be moving on? Yeah, it does. Um, 22 years of being a CEO, if you think how many board meetings, how many quarterly uh, numbers to hit, how many investor conferences, how, how many annual budgets to prepare. Uh, I'm, I'm a young guy with a lot to accomplish. There was no way I was ready to retire, but I've, I've, been, I've been doing this public company CEO thing for longer than most. I think I've, I've lived beyond the norm by several times over in terms of my years in this job at these two companies, and so um, I'm excited about my new opportunity. I'll miss the people here terribly, but I'll be very pleased and proud to be the chairman of the board of this company and uh, from the boardroom continue to follow the great work of Patrick Doyle and his team. What will you miss, Dave, in closing? What will I miss? The, the, the day-to-day intensity of this business is just beyond belief. You know, we drive 10 million miles a week and with 9,000 stores and all the countries, there's every day there's something going on. There's a different challenge every day. Uh, and it's, it, it's, it's a little bit like a marathoner who gets up every day and plans on running 
10 miles because that's what it takes to keep this thing going and and that's the intensity of retail and it's the intensity of the Domino's Pizza Enterprise. I'll miss that. I know I will. Uh, I'll probably sleep a little longer and a little better, uh, but I'll miss that. And I will also tell you my new job is definitely filled with its own set of challenges and it's very much a full-time activity. So, again, I'm not going in the rocking chair. I'm going from one challenge to another, but it's a new challenge and it's a different challenge. I'll bet that. Well, I know at the moment it's got to be like you're holding down two jobs at one time. So I want to really thank you, Dave, for uh, not just giving your time to this uh, uh, to this interview today, but for all the support that you've given to me over the last few months. I really, really appreciate it, and I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, you're most welcome. My very best wishes to you. 